I'd like to talk to you a bit today about choosing your continuing education units. So, does anyone remember that super cute episode of The Simpsons where Lisa, seeing that Ralph Wiggum has no Valentine's cards, goes over to him and gives him one that says, I choo-choo-choose you? That was really cute, right? And it was a really funny episode. But should you be choo-choo-choosing your CEUs based on the fact that you're seeing your business has none this cycle? Hmm, I'm not so sure about that. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table. I'm your host, Candace Eisner. So yes, today we're talking about continuing education units, or CEUs. So I see RMTs talking about this a lot online. In fact, I'd say it's one of the top three topics people start comments about or they start new threads about on Facebook or Reddit or anywhere else you might find RMTs chatting. CEUs are an important part of a successful career as an RMT. You guys know this already. I probably don't have to tell you that part. But it's not just the fact that it's required of you as a regulated healthcare practitioner. It's also the fact that ongoing learning is required of any career. It doesn't matter what you do, whether you're an artist or a programmer, a teacher or a writer, a barista or a neurosurgeon, you should always be learning and it should be something you want to do. In fact, I really do feel that if you aren't interested in learning more about your chosen profession, you're probably in the wrong profession. There should always be some area you're interested in exploring more, improving your knowledge in, or working on your technique in. So... Here's what I see folks doing with their CEUs. Um, I saw this back when I was an RMT myself. And in fact, I have to admit, sometimes I fell prey to this myself. And I also see it now that um, I'm not an RMT, but I'm still definitely connected with the community. I've got lots of RMT friends because I went to school with a lot of you guys, or I met you along the way in my career, or you're my clients, or you listen to my podcast. So so yeah, here's what, here's what I'm observing. So a lot of RMTs do this. They look at the calendar of courses coming to their area and they choose something that, you know, it looks like it might be interesting. And of course, keep in, bearing in mind the fact that if you're in a larger center, say here in Toronto or here in Ontario, you're in Toronto or you're in Ottawa versus, you know, smaller centers like, say, Kingston or, say, Sudbury, you know, the smaller centers are going to have a lot less choice than the larger cities. And especially, I, I totally get it, a lot of the courses only come to Toronto. But even so, that's what they do. They look at the calendar of courses coming to their own area or somewhere they're willing to travel a short distance to. They sign up for the course, whether or not they're sort of super in love with the idea or not. They take the course and then they apply it to their practice or they don't, depending on what the course was and, you know, where they are in their practice and what kinds of things their clients are looking for in treatments. Or the other thing I see people doing is this. You wait until it's about six months before the CEU uh, course deadline and then you go, oh crap, I haven't taken anything for this cycle. What am I going to do? So then you start desperately looking for courses or desperately looking for something to fulfill your requirements. And you're basically doing the same thing I just mentioned a minute ago, only now you've got very short amount of time in order to complete that, those CEUs. So basically you're going to take anything. You're going to be even less choosy than you were in the previous situation I talked about. So what if you didn't do that? What if you had a game plan for what you're going to do for your CEUs based on what your business actually needs? 
So here in Ontario, and I believe they have something similar in other regulated provinces in Canada, um, they have this what's called the self-assessment tool or the SAT. Now, it sometimes feels a bit silly filling it out because it is just this kind of big form. It feels very government-like. But there is a purpose to the self-assessment tool. And basically the idea behind it is to help you figure out what areas in your practice you're weak and what areas you're strong. So you can look at those weaker areas and say to yourself, okay, those are areas that I could probably use to learn more about and I can maybe take some courses or do some reading or you know, that kind of stuff. And we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, the, the where you can take your CEUs part. The point of the self-assessment tool is to show you where your weaknesses are, and then you can think about that when you're actually planning what CEUs to take for the next cycle. But you don't have to use just the self-assessment tool. And like I said, it is fairly sort of government form feeling. So for some of you, that might not be the best way to kind of do sort of a self-assessment. What you could do is just ask yourself some honest questions about where you feel weak. For example, you know, look at, look at how your whole year goes. Um, is your biggest failing, and I'm, uh, failing is probably not quite the right word, is, is, the, is the point you struggle with the most, let's say that, is it with money and taxes and all, and billings, like all that sort of money aspect of your practice, is that where you really struggle? Do you find yourself every tax time struggling to get the money together? You didn't realize you were gonna owe that much, you didn't realize when your HST payments were due, like is that sort of the area you struggle with the most? If so, write that down. Is it with marketing and advertising? Do you just find that really difficult or you even really dislike doing it? Um, if so, that's an area that you should write down. Is it with client retention? Like, do you just find that clients are coming to you once and then often they're not coming back and you don't think it's anything you're doing? It's just that they're the types that don't really rebook very often? Well, if it's something like that, you should look at that. Other areas might be specific hands-on skills um, or self-care for yourself, uh, you know, body awareness and proper ergonomics and that kind of stuff in order to make sure that you have a long and prosperous career. So look at those topics and look at all the other topics that you can think of and just write down areas that you feel weak. It's okay if when writing them down, you're going, oh, do I really have to take CEUs in those areas? Because yeah, you know, sometimes the learning we're doing is gonna feel a bit kind of bleh because it's not the thing that you're most passionate about, you know? But the thing is, if you're always taking courses in the area that you're most passionate about, your business is gonna suffer because you have to think about all the areas of your business, not just the hands-on specific thing that you really love doing. So the other thing is, you have to remember that it doesn't have to be specifically courses that you take for your continuing education units. That's something that a lot of RMTs and other practitioners actually struggle with because they feel like it has to be approved by the CMTO course that you pay for one-on-one -on -one in person kind of thing in order for it to count for CEUs. That's not actually true. If you go to the CMTO's website and click on the continuing education unit area, you'll find out really quickly that no, it doesn't have to be paid courses. There's all kinds of areas that you can use in order to get in your continuing education units. In fact, 
fact, I'm going to read a few of them right now in case you haven't done it in a while. So I'm looking under the category A activity since category A is the in scope list. So in other words, things that are in your scope of practice, that's probably the more important one. So yes, there's attending workshops, seminars, courses, yada, yada. You guys know about that stuff. There's also presenting workshops, seminars, or courses. If you have an area of knowledge that you think that you could share with people, think about that. Maybe you could present a workshop to other RMTs and you could build CEUs for that. Um, you could also uh, be a member on a committee of the college or the association, um, that kind of thing, as long as it's relevant to the self-assessment tool competencies or your scope of practice. In other words, you know, you could join one of those committees and you could use it for CEUs as long as it's, you know, not some sort of like social committee or something that has nothing to do with your scope of practice. Um, you can also serve as an examiner, a peer assessor, a subject matter expert. You can conduct research. You can uh, confer with peers. So you do have to be a bit careful about that. You know, if you go out for a beer with a fellow RMT and you spend 99% of the time talking about, uh, you know, your kids or, you know, gossip or whatever, and maybe 1% of the time talking about practice, I think that's a bit iffy in terms if you're if you're being totally honest. But if you spend most of the time talking about practice and you make notes and you can prove to a peer assessor or anyone else that you actually did have, you know, some learning in this situation, you guys were bouncing ideas off of each other, absolutely, that you can totally count towards CEUs. There's also reviewing books, articles, or videos that are relevant to your self-assessment tool competencies or your scope of practice. Now, it doesn't explicitly say this, but... I would say that listening to a podcast such as this one could probably be used for CEUs. Um, do check on that because, you know, I don't have official proof on that, but I'm pretty sure that that could be used as CEUs. As long as, again, you can write down what you learned and you can show to someone what exactly you did learn. So there's a lot of different ways that you can earn your CEUs. It does not have to be through paid courses that come to your town. Remember that. Also remember that the CMTO does approve some courses, but it's actually only a very small fraction of what you can actually do and still record at for your CEUs. You know, the overall take-home message is this. Your business will benefit so much more if you focus on what it actually needs to go in the direction that you want, and not just on getting your 30 CEUs like you were just trying to check off some boxes. Is that really your goal? Well, no, your goal should be to help your business, not to check some boxes. So remember that when you're thinking about your CEUs. So what do you do if you're not really drawn to any area in particular? Uh, let's say you've got a pretty full client schedule, your clients love you, you've been working many years, so your techniques are pretty refined, you've worked hard on saving for tax time, you know, things are just really going really well. So what then? You know, there's nothing, nothing, no particular area you really are drawn to working on. Well, remember, you can always improve. Even if you've got a full schedule, even if you've got years of experience, there's always something else to learn. So a story about ongoing learning that I've heard many times in my life is one that I'll share with you. And it's about Pablo Casals, and who was an incredible cellist from the first part of the 20th century and uh, has been considered one of the greatest cellists of all time. 
He was asked several times over his career as he aged, including at age 95, why he continued to practice for many hours each day. After all, he was 95. Like, why did he need to keep doing it? And his answer was always, because I think I'm making progress. You can always make progress in your career. You know, you're never done learning. And remember, it's not just about learning new techniques. There's so many areas you can work on and keep learning every year. So my advice here is just make sure you have a game plan for what learning you and your business need the most and tackle that, not just whatever course is popular or what happens to be coming to your town that year. Trust me, your business is going to be a whole lot healthier and happier for it. Hey, if you found this podcast useful, I'd love it if you gave me a rating over on iTunes. Just head on over to the iTunes store, open my podcasts, look at ratings and reviews, and simply click the stars to rate. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. The music for this podcast is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. Thanks, Jason.